You're listening to the Toolstation Western League podcast with Ian Knockholds and Tom Hiscott. Welcome to the Toolstation Western League podcast with me, Ian Knockholds, and I'm delighted to be joined on the line by the editor of the Western League Bulletin. It is Mr. Tom Hiscott. Hello, Tom. How are you? Yeah, doing well, thanks. And yourself? I'm not bad. Did you enjoy your week off? Yeah, not too bad. Not too bad. How are you? How are you? How are you holding up? I'm I'm all right. I went on holiday. Oh, of course, course why yes. we had no podcast last week. How was it? And it was. <sighs> I won't be going to Grimsby again. Okay. There wasn't a lot to really write home about. <laughs> um, I must say, I, I did I did tell my family you were going there, and we were they they couldn't quite work out what the what the intent would be for going to Grimsby. So you're going to have to enlighten us a little bit on that, I think. Well, I mean, it was a very cost-effective holiday. We well, are, yes. yeah. We are in the sort important. of the grip of the staycation. It is important, yeah. yeah. And, um, and of course, most of the um, of the British Isles has decided that they want to go to Cornwall on holiday. Mm-hmm. She's That's very fair, much yeah. Yeah. She's very much where I wanted to go. <laughs> <laughs> but we didn't go there. And um, we, we found that we, ha- we had a very reasonable deal. And... Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I had a very nice time with my family, and that's the most well, important. Well, that thing. is—I was about to say—that's that tops the bill, doesn't it? It does. It does. But yes, I, I, you know, I would, I was. Could I have gone there and spread the good word of the Tool Station Western mm-hmm. League? Well, I did try. I, you know, yes. I, I did. I did wear my Devizes town top. I'd expect nothing less. I know, but I don't. I don't, I don't think they really got it. Um, <laughs> Uh, never mind. I won't be. I don't think the Northern Supporters Branch is really taking off anytime soon. There's time um, yet. There's time yet. Yeah. Never mind. Anyway, I think the least said about that, the better. I, I want to avoid a diplomatic incident. Really, I don't want to offend anybody from Grimsby. Um, but you know, because. But yeah. Anyway, we'll leave it. I think we'll leave it at that. Um, so on this week's episode of the Toolstation Western League podcast, we hear from Shepton Mallet's joint manager, John Durbin. They had an excellent victory uh, at the weekend against Melksham. I was at the game, so I can testify to how well they played. And uh, we also hear from Warminster Town's Andy Crabtree, of course, a regular on the Toolstation Western League podcast. And, uh, well, not only did they have another good win, but, I mean, there was a certainly, it was a certainly an event-filled game, mm. I think we can safely say that, and we should be hearing a little bit more about that later in the podcast. But we will kick off um, with the FA Cup preliminary round, which was played on Saturday the 21st of August, and we start in the Somerset town of Bridgewater, where the visitors were Ilfracoon. We do. We start in Bridgewater, and, yeah, they're the... Obviously, I think they had their yeah their their replay midweek as well, so they've been in um, plenty of plenty of cup um, cup fixtures for them recently. But they're doing well. Uh, they're through to the through to the next round. A three 0 win at home to Wilfred Coombe on Saturday to follow up their um, midweek uh, victory over. It was, I think it was Brixham, wasn't it? So uh, yeah, uh, good good week for Bridgewater. Uh, they went ahead against Wilfred Coombe midway through the first half. Uh, Jack Taylor, he's played a starring role for them again. Uh, he found found George King who put them one up. Uh, Taylor then made it 2-0 with a header from a, a Jake Llewellyn free kick. Uh, and then it was Adnan Haroli. Uh, I think he used his chest, Gordon, to, to, to social media to, to put the ball home. So it must have been quite close range, I imagine. And that was another another assist from from Taylor. So, yeah, he Taylor, one of the better players, I think, in, in the division. And, yeah, he was uh, to the fore again. Bridgewater progress. And uh, moving on uh, down the coast into Devon, uh, Exmouth Town, where the visitors were Bristol Manor Farm, formerly of this parish, of course, mm. now of the Southern League. Yeah, indeed. Uh, didn't start too well for, for Exmouth. They're behind 
uh, within the first couple of minutes. But uh, yeah, they, they responded really well and uh, eventually ran out 2-1 winners. So a come from behind win for them and a, and a fantastic crowd, which must be been 313 there. Uh, on Saturday afternoon, um, but it was Aaron Denny who levelled for them after just five minutes, so they weren't behind for long. Uh, pretty, pretty uh, rip-roaring, roaring start to that tie, and it was then uh, the winner came from Ben Steer early in the second half. Uh, yeah, completing the turnaround and uh, sending Exmouth through to the uh, the next round. Yes, congratulations. Obviously, a team with a very good home record. So, um, although all credit to them, of course, for beating higher league mm. opposition. Yep. Um, Shepton Mallet, of course, had to do that the other way round. Um, they were taking on another former Western League side in Melksham Town, but they had to travel to the Infoled Arena. And, uh, well, they didn't let their very impressive travelling support down, did they, Tom? No, indeed. Um, uh, well... Pretty, pretty, pretty famous victory, really. A one-nil win uh, for them away at Melksham. Uh, I think, as you as you mentioned, they used to be used to be in this division. So I think we all know, very, very much difficult place to to, to pick up anything. So to, to sneak home with one-nil win uh, for Mallet, really, really impressive. Uh, the crucial crucial moment coming two minutes into into the second half. And Jack Fillingham, uh, he slid the ball home, and uh, yeah, they managed to hold on. I mean, you can probably. Tell me more about how they how they defended and how, how sort of resolute they were, if that was the case. But uh, yeah, really, really good result for, for Mallet. It was. It was very impressive. I mean, the funny thing was about Saturday, the, the, the weather forecast was predicting heavy rain mm. uh, in Wiltshire for most of the afternoon. So I, I went along thinking I'm going to get absolutely soaked here. And I didn't. It was <laughs> glorious sunshine, which was absolutely um, fantastic. Um, obviously, Melksham Town, former Western League side, as you quite rightly say, Tom, but they're managed by... Something of a, well, dare I say, celebrity in Western League circles, Richard Fay, of course. Oh, he yeah. was the manager of Street mm-hmm. when they um, stormed the Premier Division into the um, into the Southern League. So he, you know, he knows his he knows his way around uh, Western League opposition. But um, Shepton Mallet at times hung in there in the first half. I mean, it wasn't quite as bad as that. Certainly went in at nil all, and you know they didn't look out of place. But um, Melsham certainly had the majority of possession, although Shepton did hit the post in the second uh, in the second half Shepton really stunned their hosts by uh, by taking quite a quick fire um, lead and uh, you know you do wonder as a spectator whether they were going to have the capacity to hold on well they did and they did it you know, in in one of the best ways you can possibly see on a football pitch, it was complete commitment from from start to finish, real you know guts and determination. Um, Melksham um, really threw everything at them, but couldn't find a way through. Really stoic defending um, by Shepton Mallet. There was a very good travelling support. Um, at Melksham and, and, you know, they went home thoroughly happy. It was a really memorable day for the club. It was a pleasure to have been there and uh, and have witnessed it. And uh, and I thought, well, what else can I do on this week's podcast? We've got to get on um, John Durbin, the joint manager of Shepton Mallet. And I started off my conversation with John by congratulating him on that incredible win. Thank you. Yeah, yeah of course. Of course. Um, we went there with... Uh, with a game plan, I suppose, to, to, to get a result. Obviously, we always know Melkdom is going to be a tough place to go. But, um, but yeah, I mean, delighted with the, with, with the performance, delighted with, with, the, with the result, of course, and, and, and as a club, it puts a bit more money into back into the club. So, so yeah, overall, it was a great day. I mean, Melksham haven't started their season particularly well, but, I mean, they are obviously a Southern League side, and, and you were away. So, I mean, it was never going to be an easy task um, for you, but, I mean, did you fancy your chances going into the game? 
a little bit, uh, dare I say, and that's no disrespect to Melksham. Um, we respect them, of course, and I thought I told the lads to respect them but not to fear them. Um, we started, obviously, the season quite well. Um, as I said, we had a game plan. We knew we knew what we, we had to do. We, we, we knew what to expect from Melksham, and we just had to try and try and match them and, and, and be better than them and then I'm on the day, I suppose. I mean, we had to dig deep at times, but we also knew if we did, we would create chances. And it was just about taking them when they came. And fortunately for us, um, obviously we got we got the goal in the second half and we hung on in there. Uh, Melkisham obviously applied a, a lot of pressure, uh, which, which we expected, and, and we knew we had to stand strong, um, stand tall, which we did. And, yeah, overall, fantastic day. It, I mean, it certainly was. You took the opportunity when it was presented to you. I mean, I know you had a you had a few chances in the first half, but I felt that Melksham probably certainly had more of the ball in the first half than you did. And, and obviously, as you say, they, they put you under a lot of pressure when they were chasing to get back into the game. But your boys, they never ever faltered, did they? I mean, it was it was quite quite an inspirational performance, really. You you were cheered on as well by a large contingent of your own fans. And I mean, I really think that for everybody involved with the club, it must have been a very special day, a very special performance. Yeah, definitely. I, I said to the lads at half-time that... Uh, I'll be honest, we, we were we were second to the ball in the first half and Melksham probably, although we had a couple of early chances, Melksham certainly had better the first half. And I just said, look, it doesn't matter if you get beat by a team with better quality than you, but don't get out thought, don't get out work. But then to be fair, we didn't second half, we, we stood up, like I said, we stood up at all, we matched, uh, we matched them man for man. Um, and our lads had that fire in their belly. And obviously as soon as you went 1-0 up, we got something to protect. Um, Helped with, with the 50 or 60 or so Shepton uh, fans in the crowd who was roaring us along and cheering every decision. And, um, that's why I think when we walked off, we, we tried to give them a bit of a, a round of applause as well because because we couldn't have done it without them. Um, we shared our support um, back to them after them kind of cheering us on for the 19 minutes. Yes, well, I think the referee certainly knew that they were there. Um, you've got to, <laughs> you got Taunton in the next round. But you're at home. How much of a difference do you think that will make? Um, yeah, I mean, Tilton's going to be a quality outfit. It's probably one of the t- toughest draws we could get. But, like you say, we're at home. Um, we'll... It's going to be a fantastic day again for the club. Um, there's going to be, no doubt, a big crowd. Tilton will bring a, have a good following. They'll bring a few. Um, it, it'll definitely get, get, get the people in the town out and about to come and watch. Um, and, and, and it's a cup match, isn't it? So, so anything can happen. We'll, we'll go into the game again, respecting them. But when you're at home, we, we've got a decent record at home over the last couple of years. So, dare I say, we won't, we won't fear them. We'll go into it with, with a sort of cup mentality again. And, 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 and who knows? Who knows? They may underestimate us. And, and we'll, if we can get off to a good start, then, then again, we'll give us some, some, something to cling on to. And, and we'll, we'll fight. We'll fight for every ball and see what happens after 90 minutes. Well, they're going to have to do very well to get a goal against you because you've played seven matches so far this season and you're yet to concede. That's quite a record, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, we, we, we're proud of that. Um, uh, we, we, we lost four of our back five, including the keeper, during the summer, so, so we had to replace. And so, so, so it's a fairly new back four, back five, if you like to say, with the keeper. But uh, no credit to the lads, they're, they're, they're standing to the it's something they want to continue. They've got pride in their performances, and I think one rolls into two, rolls into four, and ultimately now it's uh, 
they don't want to get beat. Um, and it's something we've installed into them as well. It, it's a, um, if you don't concede, you don't lose the game. So, so we, we give our attackers a bit of a hand by, by not conceding, by limiting the, uh, the risk to them. Because if they, they've only got to score one goal, and I'm saying you go and win a game. As soon as you concede, you've got to score two to get out of it. So, so yeah, that, that, that's sort of the attitude that, that our defenders have got. But that starts this one to eleven. You can't just can't just pinpoint our defensive record on on the on the back four. Um, it's every man. I mean, you, you saw you saw Saturday that, that we ended up with kind of every man behind the ball. We had our centre forwards doing jobs deep in midfield and wingers tracking back to double up on the full backs. Um, everyone's really looking to preserve that record at the moment. You talk about the players that you you've lost in the in the pre season. Um, I mean, what about the new faces that you've been able to bring in? Are there any names out there that the fans should particularly be looking out for? To be honest, they're probably aware of them already. Um, we do got quite an active social media, um, but yeah, we, we ended up in, in more of a rebuild job than we than we wanted to in the summer. Um, we we had to bring in probably seven or eight new faces. Um, and to be fair, they've all hit the ground running. Um, like I said, our, our back four um, are new. Our goalkeeper, Tommy Sprook, he's, uh, he came back from university. So he was, to be fair, he was at the club before he uh, before he went off to university, but he's came back now. Um, we've brought a couple in from kind of higher, higher leagues who perhaps hadn't, um, wasn't getting a regular game. Um, obviously, that regulars come in from Blake Welton and Manor Farm. He's, he's hit the ground running with scored a few goals. Um, Callum Golds came in from, from Cleveland, um, and, and he, to be fair, he, he, he's played every minute of every game up until Saturday when, when he was out with, uh, with, with COVID, so he, he's coming in and done well, but no, he, I don't like to name individuals to say because it's not the individuals that make the team, it's, it's the team, as, as, as the 11, it's the squad, and the players who perhaps are on the bench, those who perhaps don't get on, it's everyone's just as important, and so far it's working for us. It certainly is. So, if we look at your ambitions this season, apart from obviously winning the FA Cup, what what are you? What's going to be a good season for um, for Shepton Mallet? Oh, we've we've got internal targets. We for the last obviously couple of years, albeit um, kind of curtailed years, if you like, yeah, COVID impacted years. We, we we we've liked to kind of push the club into the top six, into the top four, um, and I think I think we, we've. We were on, on course to doing that in the last couple of years um, before it got stopped. So for us, we, we want to finish as high as possible. Um, it, it's, it's probably the most competitive this league's been in, in God knows how long with, with, with obviously the, the Cornish teams coming in. Um, I think a couple of managers have said before me um, that there's probably nine or ten teams who, who all fancy themselves to, to compete at the very top of this league and they, they've all got the capabilities to do so. Um, so for us, it's about finishing as high as possible. Um, is keeping that momentum uh, when, when you've got it and uh, most importantly it's consistency um, you've got to take each game as, as it comes but, but the more the most consistent teams will be those at the top so, so the more consistent we can be um, the better we'll, the higher we'll finish so, so at this moment in time yeah we want to get in and around the top four and, and who knows let's say by Christmas we're, we're in a, occupying a, a good couple of the top positions we'll have a little push for it but, but we'll see what happens I mean, your early season form has been eye-catching. I'm sure I'm not the only person that's noticed that. I mean, when you think about the other, uh, you know, you've, you've mentioned the sort of the, the the Cornish teams that have come into the come into the league. I mean, do you do you think then that increase in 
inability has actually had an effect across all of the clubs in the Premier Division. Do you think it's encouraged everybody to raise their game a bit this season? Yeah, definitely. definitely. I think, think on the day, anyone could be anyone in this league. I genuinely believe that. Um, any three points you win at this level, um, you, you, you have to earn. And there's no freebies. There's no freebies at all. So at least you do slip up. Like I said, if, if you're inconsistent in the game, or if, if you do take take your foot off the ball, um, you'll get punished. And it doesn't matter whether you're playing um, top of the league or bottom of the league. Everyone can, can can punish anyone, and, and it's about being consistent. And I think, yeah, I think, I think the the league is wide open. That has meant that, that, that teams are probably spending more than they ever have done, and, and probably fancy themselves. Um, you've got to get the right sort of player to join your club, and those who are willing to do the, the trips down to, to, to the Cornish games, or maybe on a night match, as well as those who want to want to play on the the FA Cup games so, so it's, it's crucial you've got the right characters and for us that, that's what we've done that's what we've done we've tried to find the right players who, who, who buy into the club buy into the ethos as opposed to the biggest names perhaps but um, the, level, the, the level's been up the level's been up the standard's certainly gone up and uh, like I say I, I do think that the league is wide open and my thanks to John for his time. Now, one notable mention before we bow out of the FA Cup uh, is um, is Millbrook, who are still in the competition, Tom. Yeah, absolutely. Um, they've got a, a replay on Tuesday evening, I believe. Um, they'll be at home in the in the in the, in the second leg uh, after a free or draw away at Willand on Saturday, coming from behind on three occasions uh, to to level with their hosts. So uh, yeah, really really good. Well, good performance for Millbrook. Obviously, still work to be done to progress, but it was uh, Tom Payne. I think he struck, struck in stoppage time uh, in the, at the end of the game to to uh, complete the, uh, the the third of their comeback, should we say? Uh, but yeah, good good performance, and uh, yeah, hopefully they can uh, show up again on Tuesday night and uh, put the scares into to Willand. Well, the draw for the FA Cup uh, for the next round of the FA Cup has been made uh, today. Do you have those ties, Tom? Not in front of me, no. No, I do. No, I bet you do. Now, <laughs> now, I know you normally do all the heavy lifting around here, but I thought I would show my ability to actually You've do something. Well, <laughs> I, I, I have actually done some preparation for a change. I had to do an awful lot of preparation during lockdown when you weren't around. Ah, so you see, I know, it's, 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 it's taught me a new skill. Um, anyway, um, Bridgewater United have been drawn away to Basingstoke. Shepton Mallet are at home. They take on Taunton Town. And uh, Exmouth will make the trip to Truro. Only it won't be Truro, of course. It will be Plymouth because Truro are playing at Plymouth Parkway. So, um, so those are the, the confirmed fixtures. And um, hopefully Millbrook... Um, we'll try up and get through as well. And I'm sure we'll be talking about their opponents on next week's podcast if they manage it. Um, so anyway, that concludes the draw for the FA Cup. And uh, we will move into the Premier Division, Tom. And uh, we will kick off with um, new boys, Ashton and Backwell United. They were at home to Wellington. Yeah, indeed. A really, really entertaining game. Uh, five goals and it was Wellington who, who came out on top. So that's their first uh, league victory of the season. A 3-2 win. Uh, Miles Quick. Uh, he scored the the the, the important uh, uh, decisive goal uh, to, to 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 grab the the victory for Wellington. Uh, it was Wellington. Uh, they were two 0 up, uh, an own goal followed by a Josh Baker strike, put them, putting two goals to the other, as I say. But then uh, Brad Skidmore, uh, he struck either side the break, 
uh, to draw Ashton level. So yeah, put put them in a good position. But uh, unfortunately for them, it was it was Wellington who who went ahead once again. As I say, quick reacting reacting fastest to a ball uh, from uh, Sam Towler, and uh, yeah, put the ball home. And it was a three-two win for for Wellington away at Ashton and Backwell. Now our next um, match, our next feature game, we don't normally feature the sort of the particularly high scoring games because mm-hmm. of course you know for every for every victor there is a team mm-hmm. that is sort of wallowing in defeat and I know a little bit more about that than most people because I support the Vizes Town. Um but who we won't we, be discussing. We today. won't be discussing them. You're absolutely your right. <laughs> but we, we are going to mention Saltash's trip to Brislington, not mm-hmm. necessarily just because of the impressive score line, but actually mm-hmm. because you know it was and, and it well it, you know there was a very serious incident um yeah. as well, wasn't there, Tom in the game? Yeah, indeed, really early on uh, in this one, uh, unfortunately. I think his name's Tom Cleveland. I hope I've, I've got that right. But yeah, I think, you have, um, yeah. Yeah, OK. So I think he yeah suffered a really bad leg injury. Uh, so obviously we send him all, his, all our best wishes. Uh, yeah, Soltash, <clears throat> uh, player, obviously. Yeah, tough one for them to take. And there was quite a delay, I think, of sort of 45 minutes or so. But the game did get back underway. And obviously you never really know how, how players and, and everyone's going to react in a situation where obviously you've seen one of your one of your mates go down but yeah well couldn't have been much better I guess on, on the pitch for Saltash uh, an 8-0 win in the end uh, pretty remarkable in the, in the circumstances uh, I think it was Sam Hughes who got five goals um, including a hat-trick inside well after the after the restart 32 minute hat-trick uh, to put his side three goals to good and yeah they never really looked back um, two second half goals from him as well as well as uh, strikes from Reese Thompson Dave Barker and there was also a goal for Debutant Alex Cairo, um, but yeah, that was obviously a, a rampant victory for Soltash, but obviously thoughts with uh, with Tom at, at this time. Hopefully, um, yeah, hopefully on the re- recovery um, as soon as possible. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I, there was a, a statement issued by the um, Saltash manager, Dane Bunny. Of course, you've had Dane on the podcast um, mm-hmm. earlier this season, um, talking about the events of the day and talking about the reaction that his squad showed to the double ankle fracture that was yeah. suffered by Tom Cleveland. Tom is self-employed uh, and mm. the players have donated their match fee today to him an incredible gesture from an incredible group of boys i'm so proud of them that's what dane bunny wrote on social media and i think all of our thoughts are with tom and it just reminds us you know that this game that we all know and love and enjoy you know how serious it can be for those people particularly people like tom who are self-employed so not only do i hope he makes a speedy recovery i'm sure we all do um Mm. but um you know it doesn't does really bring home to you and the impact of, um, of you know, of football in the Western League when you when you hear stories like that. Um, we will finish uh, our Premier Division roundup by going to Cabri Heath, where the visitors were street. Yeah, another another five goal thriller, I think. Um, and it was Cabri Heath uh, coming out on top, a three-two win for them uh, over Street. Uh, twice pegged back by the visitors, but they did yeah push on uh, to gain the victory in the end. Uh, ben Whitecross had put, put Heath ahead. Uh, before Jordan Loverbond uh, equaliser uh, got the got the business back on level terms, and it was then uh, a Matt Huxley goal which uh, restored the host advantage after 17 minutes. So a really fast start to that game as well. Uh, but it was Loverbond again uh, early in the second half, making it making it two apiece. Uh, but it was uh, yeah an own goal really pretty pretty late in the game. Well decided the tie and uh, gave gave Heath the three points. So a good afternoon for them in the eventually. If you're thinking, Toolstation, I know they'll save me money, but do they have all the top brands? You know, DeWalt, Makita, Einhell, Stanley, Myra, Kudox, Nest and Santex. 
yeah, they do. Over 15,000 trade quality products in the range from the leading brands with prices that are hard to beat. If you want to help enhance a save on your next job, try Toolstation. With over 300 branches, there's always a Toolstation near you. Now we'll move on to the first division and we'll kick things off at Almondsbury where the visitors were Bishop Sutton. Mm, you don't want to be playing Bishop Sutton at the moment. Um, they are, yeah, really tracking well to start the season. Uh, and it's one man in particular, isn't it? Oakland Buck. Uh, hat-trick in midweek and, uh, yeah, he was at it again on Saturday, scoring all three of his side's goals um, away at Almondsbury. So uh, a 3-0 win for them. Uh yeah, and it was uh, scoring twice at the end of the first half um, with the, with another then at 20 minutes from time. Uh, so pretty much a perfect perfect four or five days for, for Bishop Sutton and uh, Mr. Mr Buck in particular. So congratulations to them. And moving on to Bristol Telephones, a five-goal thriller with Bishop's Lydiard. Mm, yeah, um, ending a three-match losing streak for the phones as well. So uh, an important result, a uh, bit, bit of a rebound for them. Uh, Jamie Lewis and Billy Padfield have put... Put them 2-0 up uh, before Jack Bryant um, at the beginning of the second half uh, had helped help Lady uh, reduce the deficit. Uh, they've suddenly, yeah, and suddenly got back into the game big time. Uh, a red card for the home side uh, obviously gave uh, gave Lydia another, another sort of boost. And, uh, yeah, they pushed on against the 10 men and uh, managed to, to, to fashion an equaliser, which uh, Adam Willis was uh, credited with. Uh, but it was, um, amazingly, the phones that, that pushed on. Uh, ten, ten men, and uh, they managed to, to round out a victory, and it was a penalty uh, in the closing stages, and that was converted by Darney Golding. Uh, so he handed them all three points. So that's a good win for, for the phones over uh, Bishop Sidiard. Excellent. Now, we will move on to Titherington Rocks, uh, one of our new boys, and they were coming up against one of our old boys, Warminster Town. And, uh, well, this is, um, this is quite a story, Tom. <laughs> Hmm. Yeah, I don't know if we can do it justice in the uh, in the short time we will we will speak about it. But um, yeah, where Let's do we start, begin? Where, where where do we begin? Uh, four goals, four penalties, all by the same player, Mr. Uh, Ian Jeffrey. I think. Uh, yeah, that's right. Uh, and he is the Warminster skipper. Um, and the first three of those penalties, uh, all for a foul by the same uh, right back. Uh, for the home side, unfortunately, uh, against winger Connor Mackay, who was obviously, yeah, giving him a few problems, I would say. So um, uh, Mackay hauled down three times in the box, and Jeffrey converted all three of those spot kicks to to put his side three 0 up inside inside 20 minutes. So uh, yeah, quite a quite a remarkable start. Uh, and then yeah, the skipper added another penalty just for for good measure uh, towards the end of the first half as well um, to make it four 0 and that was that was how it stayed. So. Uh, Pretty, uh, yeah, pretty, well, I'd say entertaining if you were there for, for, for multiple reasons, if you're a, an away fan, uh, particularly, of course. Uh, but, yeah, 4-0 win for Warminster away at Tiverington. For any of us who had to suffer, who remember suffering the European Championship final, it, it does rather beg the question, how many penalties oh. would Ian Jeffrey have to take before he misses one? Um, and actually, is there an argument for having Ian Jeffrey in the England team? Sit him on the bench, I say, yeah. Just, just bring him on, just in yeah. case. Anyway, uh, this seemed like a very good opportunity to uh, to hear from the Warminster Town manager, Andy Crabtree. Four nil, four penalties. Andy, have you ever been involved in a game like that before? Never. Um, first one I can ever remember. All penalties in one half, to be honest. And it could have been five. The first three were nailed on, but... In between the 
third and the fourth. I thought there was one that looked, watching it back on the highlights, which Roland so kindly does for us, that looked more of a penalty than the fourth one, but who am I off camp moan? That's more penalties <laughs> than we've had in the last two years. <laughs> yeah, don't, you can't be greedy, can you? I mean, we, we, we on a serious note, we have to take our hat off to Ian Jeffrey because... Um, you know, there would come a point in time where you'd think normally that you know he'd be due to miss one, but to put all four away is um, that takes some doing. Oh, without a doubt. You know, I, we're on the sidelines. There's a few. You know, I'm there with the assistant and the coach going. We ain't going to go now, there. <laughs> you know, I mean, we're discussing where he's going to put it. Fair play to him. He kept his cool, and uh, I don't think the keeper got a hand on either one of them. So. Can't, can't fault him for that. You know, Ian's a good lad. We've, we've had him for a couple of years now. And he is really a, a top man, you know. And thank God we signed him on when we did. Because he's a captain and, you know, he leads by example. So, hats off to him. Yeah, I mean, he's he's an incredibly experienced player, isn't he? Obviously, not just at the sort of the, the Western League level. I know he's played higher than that. And, um uh, I mean, really, you couldn't have asked for a better person to take them all because, um, he, you know, he has got not only the, the ability, because uh, he's a wonderful dead ball expert, but, you know, he's obviously got the temperament to be able to put them away. Well, it's interesting because he, he's missed a few games, you know, due to sort of family weddings and, and, and out of, you know, holidays and whatever. And to be fair, when he's missed, his presence is missed in the changing room. And, you know, and it, it, it does go noticed, especially by myself, I say, Nashie, my assistant, and, and Glenn, who's with us now, and Eddie as well. You, we can, you can tell when he's not playing because you can hear him constantly, before, you know, whilst you're warming up. It's, it's, he's, in, he's onto them. You know, he's got standards and, and, and good standards as well, you know, and, he, and, and it is good for us, especially young lads because they look up to him. Yeah, he's a cracking player. Now... That's the first time you'd played Titherington Rocks. Um, did that make it harder for you to prepare against them than you sort of the normal Western League opposition? Um, well, like the previous week, really, because we played um, the other team, Bocco. And to be fair, they were very well organised, Bocco. Um, he took us to the cleaners, to be fair. They played them, they outplayed us on the day, and I, I got no complaints about that. Everybody knows that at Western League level, and at any level, if you're, you've got four or five players and we had, probably had six or seven in all the day that aren't at the races you'll come a cropper and um, we come a cropper you know and they were, they were at it and fair play to them they fully deserved their, their win and they're, they're a very nice club as well as our Titherington you know great great bunch down there looked after us well you know nothing was too much trouble for them I mean, just heading back to that defeat against Bocco, after that, of course, you had that midweek draw against Sherbourne. And I mean, Sherbourne have been in you know, fantastic form since the start of the season. So, to be fair, that goalless draw doesn't look like such a bad result. Oh, I mean, well, when you're taking the fact that they've scored 17 in three games and they'll never draw against them, was quite an achievement, I'd say. I mean, they're a very good side and they always have been, I, I think, and they'll be the first to admit they probably underachieved last season, you know, for the, the amount of games we played, they, they were in a false position, definitely, because they're always a difficult side to play against. I said they've been banging in goals for fun. So, you know, when anybody was there, there was 150 
everybody who everybody who watched it, who I've spoken to, certainly a good advert for for the Western League, you know, Division One. You know, it was it was a fast paced game, two teams, you know, going for it. It was it, you know it's nil nil, but the chances were aplenty. So you know it could have gone either way. So what have you made of the quality of opposition you've come, you've come up against so far? I mean, I know it's still early days, but do you think that uh, the standard in the first division is getting a bit harder? Looking at the league table last year, um, I mean, I'll call, caution were obviously a decent side. You know, league tables don't lie. All those sides that have gone back well were, were always hard to play against. You know, they not give anybody a match on their days. And Carl, you know, they finished top the season before. And they were top, of, well, I think they were top again at Christmas when it all stopped. So, you know, those teams were uh, the three outstanding teams. And, and then you've got the likes of Radstock, Sherbournes, um, Wincanton as well, you know, were, were a decent side. You know, and then there's many other teams. You know, anybody can beat anybody in this league. And that's what's good about it. And, you know, I'd say this, this year, I, I'd say there's about 12 teams could finish in the top four. Welton are there again. I, mean, I forgot Welton, you know, and I ever overlooked them. But they were they were well up the league last season as well. They were top, I think, or round about top till Christmas. And, and they're another side that are very difficult to beat. So, you know, Wells, on their day, they're a good match for anybody. Cheddar. You know, there's, there's lots of good teams in there. And, and I'm sorry if I've missed anybody, if I upset anybody. It's not... I'm doing this off the cuff, so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's look at your own form. Going into this season, what were your pre-season preparations like? Absolute nightmare. Absolute. Uh, anything that could go wrong went wrong. Um, games off for COVID, player unavailabilities, holidays, weddings. I'm no different than any other manager, I don't think. You know, because, of, because everything had been locked down for so long, Weddings, holidays, you know, now it's school holidays. Um, just everything that could go wrong went wrong, basically. Players leaving. You know, it's a struggle to get the same team out twice. And taking that into consideration, we've started really well. And I, I can't complain, to be honest, because I put in some younger lads and they haven't, let, they haven't disappointed me. They certainly haven't let me down. You know, and it now gives me a nice headache. Because um, oh, I have to bring. Do I bring back? Do I bring back the old guard, or do I put in the youngsters? You know, and it gives us. It makes your squad stronger, and it makes uh, you know my job a lot easier. <laughs> Although sometimes it's a headache. <laughs> I mean, it's a nice problem to have, but it does rather beg the question: What is a good season for Warminster Town? When I first took over, I mean, they were bottom of the league. Um, they, yeah, they were struggling. They were. You know, in the depths of despair, to be honest. And luckily, we stayed in the league. The next season, I think we finished seventh. And we were a match for anybody that season. Um, the next season, we had, of course, we had that really good run in the FA Vars. Um, but our league form suffered a little bit through that because I think you don't get a consistent run of games going in the league. And we fell behind with a lot of games and we got a lot of injuries after we went out of the bars and I think we were in a false position really then last season we started off not too bad um, I think we were 6th or 7th when the season finished uh, 
think if we can finish, you know, if we can finish in the t- top eight, I'd like to finish in the top four, but I'm not going to say that we are going to, but I'd like to think we're capable of doing that. You know, it's up to the, the boys, and it's, you know, last week I used an, I can use it as an example now, because they haven't turned up, basically, and if you don't turn up, you'll lose games. as simple as that, and, it, and it's a good... It's a good point for me to bring over to them and and use it in a pre-match talk. You know, if you don't if you don't turn up on the day, you'll get you'll get rolled over. Simple as that. And and that's and that's what happened. And, and you know, full credit to Bocco for that. Well, they're going to have to turn up for the next couple of games. You've got Lebec up next, and then it's yep. odd down at home. And they've started this campaign pretty well after coming down from the uh, from the Premier Division. I mean, those are two difficult games for you, aren't they? Oh yeah, every, every game's difficult. Everybody can, like I said, everybody can beat everybody, and, and we know we know full well. And I've, I've made it got it into the players' heads and they know full well and, and last Saturday they certainly come out the blocks firing on Saturday um, well we got a little bit tired second half because we've had a hard game midweek but we, we know what to expect and we know we go to the block and we will be uh, up for it there's no doubt in that and obviously we've odd down they've come down to our league but they've kept a lot of their players and they've recruited well um, so we know that's going to be difficult, but we will be there on the day and we will uh, do our best and hopefully get something from that game. Now, whenever I speak to you, Andy, there's always a lot going on at Warminster Town. And, and even during lockdown, we spoke to one of your players, Owen Bartley, about his fundraising activities for your local food bank. I see that your YouTube channel is back and your podcast is back and your supporters' newsletter is back, so it's not a bad time to be a Warminster Town fan, is it? No, it certainly isn't. You know, we've uh, there's always something going on. I mean, the, the other week, the one of the lads that helps run the reserves has got a, a, a bad illness, and the reserve team played uh, a friendly against one of the local sides, and it was well supported by the because it was straight after a first team game, and all the first team lads stayed on and supported it. And I think they raised over £2,000 for that charity. So <laughs> that's a tremendous effort from everybody involved. I, I'm not, you know, it's a well, uh, you know, a great cause. So. No, that, that's absolutely right, Andy. And I mean, I think we should also give a notable mention to your um, to your ladies' team. I mean, we we I appreciate we don't normally talk about that on the uh, on the Western League podcast, but I know it's a very important part of Warminster Town Football Club. And I mean, they're pretty handy, aren't they? Well, believe it or not, Roland, I went and watched Warminster Town ladies play in the FA Cup final many moons ago when I was about 15. <laughs> and they played at Dunstable against Southampton, believe it or not. But I, well, I, I remember going. They lost 2-0. Oh, no. um, but I, I remember it, you know, all them years ago. Um, and I, one of our lads is actually coaching the ladies, Lewis Graham. And they have got some exceptional players, and I, and I expect them to do well this year again. And it wouldn't surprise me if they don't go up another league, because they are, you know, they're buzzing. And they are an important part of the club, as are our reserve side. And we've got a nice atmosphere at the club, and, it, you know, and it's nice to have that buzz back, back around the place again. You know, it's, it's a community club, and it certainly feels like a community club at the minute. And my thanks to Andy 
for his time. Now, one final um, uh, responsibility, Tom, we have is to look at the games coming up this weekend. That is the 28th of August. And um, what's your pick of the pops in the Premier Division? Gone for the the, the first game, um, alphabetically, not, not for that reason, but it, <laughs> just how it lied, but it was uh, Bridgewater versus Saltash. Uh, Bridgewater mid-table because of, of obviously their, their cup run at the moment, but I think obviously... We all think they're probably capable of being up a uh, being up a little bit higher, uh, and they will once they sort of catch those games that you imagine. Uh, taking on a Saltash team that are clearly full of goals. Um, so yeah, fascinating contest. I think I don't think that's going to be goalless. Let's put it that way. So uh, yeah, good good afternoon to be had. I think down at Bridgewater on Saturday afternoon. I think you're absolutely right. And um, I've gone for Bitten's visit to Helston Athletic. This is um, one of the powerhouses of the new boys coming up against one of the powerhouses of of the old boys and uh, i think it'll be very very interesting to see who comes out on top here and you know potentially we'll learn a lot um about uh, you know which which of these two sides is going to go um is going to go well this season now it's very early days of course mm-hmm. so you know nothing's going to get decided on the 28th of august but just be very in- very interesting i think these bridgewater saltash helston and um, bitten these are the these are the types of matchups that we really want to be seeing to sort of get some feel for how the Western League is going to go this season. So uh, two really mouthwatering ties in the Premier Division. And if we turn our attention to the First Division, Tom, uh, what game has um, has tickled your fancy there? Uh, might not be a sort of standout tie on paper, but Boca versus Longwell Green uh, both played five. They've only lost one game between them. So uh, yeah, I think they're two pretty resolute sides. Obviously, we don't. Don't know a whole deal about about Bocco, but um, yeah, uh, Longwell Green are pretty solid side at this level. So it'll be yeah, be interesting to see how they get on uh, on on Saturday. Certainly will. Now, of course, when Bishop Sutton play Bishop's Lydia, it gives me the opportunity to talk about mm-hmm. the Battle of the Bishops. That's obviously where I've got to go. But if I wasn't going there, um, I would be uh, calling out Cheddar against Wincanton Town. These are two sides that with real first division pedigree. Obviously, Wincanton have had a very strong return to football after a COVID absence um, that we will not be talking about. Um, but Cheddar seems to have found um, their form as well this season and um, I'd expect them to go well. So I think that will be a very competitive game. And of course, two sides not separated by a million miles either, it would be fair mm-hmm. to say. So um, I'm sure there'll be plenty of local interest and hopefully a good crowd. Tom, we have been reviewing the results and the fixtures in your excellent Western League bulletin. Uh, for those people who may not be familiar with it, where can they find it? So that's on the uh, the Toolstation League website. Uh, it's about sort of halfway down the, the homepage. You find uh, the bulletin alongside where you can find our lovely podcasts and, and images and the like uh, from, from the Western League. So that's available on the homepage. And if you go there, you can download it yeah, as a, as a, uh, a Word document or in PDF format. Um, so, yeah, that's available every sort of usually Sunday afternoon, maybe Monday morning, depending on, um, on workload and stuff. So, yeah, that's uh, out every week. Excellent, Tom. Thank you very much again for your Pleasure. time this week. It's it's great to be back from Grimsby, <laughs> and it's great <laughs> to be bad. talking to you. It's great to be talking about Western League football, and mm-hmm. that's exactly what we'll be doing on next week's Tool Station Western League podcast. <laughs>